Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Ki Tavo. In Ki Tavo, we continue, of course, in Sefer Devarim, uh, but Ki Tavo is a kind of a transitional parasha. Uh, it's always read before uh, sometime before Rosh Hashanah, and I'll talk more about that uh, later. But by transitional, I mean uh, the following. Uh, I've been saying that the Book of Dvarim is a series of shiurim, lectures, uh, addresses that Moshe gives before he dies. Uh, the first one, which is the beginning of Sefer Dvarim, uh, deals with uh, learning the lessons of history, especially uh, recent history. And the second part of the parasha, of the, of the book, uh, has to do with uh, the mitzvot. Well, the uh, parasha kitavo is the, starts with the conclusion of that second address. Second address that has to do with the mitzvot, and then makes the transition into the third and final section of Sefer Devarim, which I will talk about as well. So, the beginning of parashat uh, Ki Tavo, as I said, uh, continues the theme of mitzvot. And we start off uh, with mitzvot that involve uh, verbal declarations before Hashem. It's a very specific uh, region. Uh, in, uh, in both of the cases that we're going to talk about, uh, the, uh, there is a mitzvah to make a verbal uh, declaration. First, it's a verbal declaration in connection with Bikurim, the first fruits. Uh, when one has first fruits, whatever uh, fruits one has on one's, uh, on one's property in Eretz uh, Yisrael, one of the seven uh, species that are associated with Israel, two of which are grains, uh, when they become uh, ready, uh, so one makes a basket out of them and brings them to the Beit HaMikdash and makes a declaration. Here's a verbal declaration. Interesting thing about this declaration is that if you read it closely, uh, you will see uh, that it looks familiar from the Seder, from uh, Seder Pesach. Uh, and that's because we use a significant portion of this declaration during the Seder uh, because it recounts uh, the events starting from the time of the Avot, the patriarchs, and going all th the way through the descent to Egypt, the, uh, the enslavement in Egypt, the oppression in Egypt, and then the salvation from Egypt, uh, which culminated in us coming to the land of Israel. And now here I am bringing the first fruits of that land to which you have brought me. And in the declaration, there's also a, uh, uh, a prayer uh, in which we are grateful to Hashem, and uh, and uh, one is re required in this context to uh, to rejoice, rejoice, especially with the poor, with those who uh, who do are not as fortunate. The second uh, area of a verbal declaration has to do with maaser. Remember uh, that uh, things that grow in the land of Israel uh, are subject to certain special mitzvot. Uh, and after taking truma, a portion that is given to the uh, kohanim, uh, one takes uh, two maasrot. Uh, first one uh, goes to the uh, to the levi, and the second one 
uh, is brought up to Yerushalayim or is converted into money and the money is brought to Yerushalayim where food is purchased. Uh, and in the third year, the second Maaser is Maaser for the poor. So this is a, a three-year cycle that is repeated for another three years. And then the seventh year being Shemitah, there is, uh, the land is allowed to lie fallow, so there is no uh, portions that are taken off. So the Torah says that uh, in the third year, that is the third year or the sixth and the sixth year, uh, one must remove from one's house uh, any uh, anything that is still uh, outstanding, something that should have been given to, uh, whether it be the lady or the poor or, or what have you, and uh, remove it. Then you make a declaration in which you say that uh, I, I have done this, and I also hereby declare that I have done the way I have the way I'm supposed to. Uh, I did not. Uh, uh, use this ma'aser in any way that I'm uh, not permitted to do so. And uh, uh, and uh, this uh, declaration, which, as I said, is another declaration, um, concludes with uh, another prayer uh, in which we ask Hashem to, uh, to take care of us. Uh, look down from upon from your holy habitation in the heavens and bless your people, Israel. And so we have these two mitzvot. They're both connected to Eretz Yisrael, um, uh, the produce of the land of Israel. And in both cases, we make a verbal declaration before Hashem. And there are some other uh, ma'aser-related mitzvot that are uh, learned from this section. Uh, as we come to the conclusion of the second address, uh, Moshe reminds the people uh, that it is uh, that they are on the verge of entering in the, into the land and that there is a mutuality of the relationship between Hashem and Israel uh, that they have to constantly uh, renew. Uh, that is, uh, they must be committed to Hashem at all times. And in that way, Hashem will uh, elevate you above others uh, and you will be uh, you will be his special people. We then uh, make the transition to the third address. The third address, uh, the final address that Moshe is going to make, and it's uh, it, it's going to take a few parshiot uh, to get to that point. Uh, but the basic theme of the third address is uh, blessings and curses. Uh, before Moshe departs. Uh, he is going to warn the people of Israel what will happen if they disobey Hashem, and he will uh, encourage them to obey uh, the words of Hashem and to learn the mitzvot and be committed to the mitzvot uh, because of the uh, wonderful uh, blessings that will uh, will come from this uh, from this observance. Um, he starts off before he actually begins the third address by speaking specifically to the uh, to the elders, to the leaders, and he tells them. Uh, that uh, they also have a portion, uh, a role to play in leading the people, especially as Moshe himself is about to depart this world. Um, Yehoshua, uh, who will be his successor, uh, will will have assistance in the form of the elders. So they have to know that they are involved as well. Moshe continues to talk about uh, the uh, the blessings and the curses, and he says, and this is something that's been said before, and here has some more detail that upon entering the land of Israel, uh, they will come to uh, to Shechem, uh, and uh, they will write down uh, on 
great stones, um, the, the mitzvot, uh, blessings and curses, and they will do this uh, at Har Grizim and uh, Har Eval, uh, in between these two mountains. Uh, and he talks about how uh, they, uh, the people must, uh, must listen and uh, listen to the, to the curses, uh, curse to someone who disobeys the laws of the Torah, and everybody has to answer Amen. Uh, but there are also blessings. Uh, blessed uh, are those who keep the mitzvot of the Torah and are committed to the Torah. And of course, uh, to that, everybody answers uh, Amen as well. And uh, then in the, the final section of uh, Parashat Kitavo, we have uh, a, a Brit, yet another Brit, another covenant. There was a covenant at Har Sinai, and the covenant has been renewed. So this is a covenant before the entry into the land. It's uh, known as the Brit uh, of the plains of Moab. That's where they are right now, just before entering the land. And um, this Brit is made in the form of some very, very uh, severe uh, admonitions known as the Tochacha, uh, in which Moshe says, uh, if you listen to the mitzvot of the Torah, so you will be blessed wherever you are, and your land will be blessed, and your families will be blessed, and you will be blessed with prosperity and peace. However, uh, if you disobey, uh, then the uh, terrible things will happen, uh, which will include disease, which will include uh, poverty and uh, and eventually exile uh, and so it's very important to keep the mitzvot as Hashem has instructed the Tochacha is a very lengthy section the custom is to read it in a uh, quieter voice I mean everyone has to hear it uh, but it's uh, it's so frightening that it's so um, it's too difficult to listen uh, to uh, very very loud so it's quiet but we must listen and uh, it's the institution is that this tochacha is always read uh, sometime before Rosh Hashanah as we renew the year to remind us of uh, making our commitment and keeping our commitment to Hashem. It's not done immediately before Rosh Hashanah, but it's done soon before. And Moshe concludes this uh, very long section that it's only now, now that you have come to uh, to the end of the 40 years, the end of your uh, collective uh, national experience through Egypt and, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, only now do you fully understand and appreciate uh, what, uh, what it means to be a nation, to be Hashem's, uh, to be Hashem's, uh, Hashem's nation. And, uh, and Moshe will continue in the future parshiot uh, with this, uh, with this idea uh, that uh, that uh, you are uh, you will be blessed if you uh, listen to Hashem, but uh, if you do not, you will uh, the the opposite will happen. But Moshe reminds them time and time again: keep all the words of this brit and do it uh, because that will be the uh, key to your to your success. Now. Uh, in the parasha, when the when Moshe talks about uh, what will happen if you listen to the mitzvot of Hashem, uh, he says that uh, he will make you into a nation, uh, into a holy nation, just as he has sworn. Um, when you uh, when you keep the commandments of uh, of Hashem, your God, and you walk in His ways, Yikimcha Hashem lo la'am kadosh ka'asher nishbalach, 
כי תשמור את מצוות השם אלוקיך והלכת בדרכיו and you will walk in his ways. Uh, from this pasuk, especially the last two words, v'halachta b'derachav, and you will walk in his ways, uh, that's, uh, that is understood not only as a general statement uh, to, uh, that is important to uh, obey Hashem, uh, but it's something else that's even above and beyond uh, that. And that is, uh, there's a specific mitzvah of walking in Hashem's ways. Now, what does that mean? And this is an idea that is mentioned uh, elsewhere as well, uh, but what does it mean? So um, one formulation, which is very familiar, is the formulation of the Sefer HaChinuch. Uh, he says that this is a mitzvah uh, to walk and to try to resemble, to make oneself similar to Hashem's ways. Now, of course, Hashem himself cannot be imitated. Hashem is... Uh, in the most absolute sense, unique. But it is possible to uh, imitate Hashem's ways. In other words, the way that Hashem interacts, if you will, uh, with, uh, with us, with the world. So we learn how Hashem interacts with us, that Hashem is just, that Hashem is kind, that Hashem takes care of the, uh, of the poor. And what we're told to do is to, uh, to imitate Hashem uh, to the extent that that is possible. And that's this mitzvah of v'halachta b'drachav, to go in all of Hashem's ways that are straight and uh, good. Uh, this is so in our relations with, uh, with, other, uh, with other people. Uh, and that means that our relations should be uh, characterized by kindness, and uh, mercy. Uh, and we know that this is Hashem's way, uh, because when we look at uh, the way Hashem acts towards us, uh, we know that Hashem acts towards us with kindness and with mercy. Uh, the very, at the very beginning of the Torah, Hashem clothes uh, Adam and Chava, he clothes the naked, even though they've sinned, actually. Uh, and uh, so we too are required to help those who are in need. And at the end of the Torah, we will read how Hashem will bury Moshe, which is, uh, which is the ultimate kindness, uh, which uh, people are sometimes called upon to do. So this mitzvah is mentioned here. It's also mentioned again um, earlier in, in the Torah, but this is the uh, main place that is cited uh, as the source of this uh, very important fundamental mitzvah uh, which is to do all we can to imitate, uh, to imitate Hashem. I thank you very much for joining me in this exploration of Parashat Ki Tavo. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.